So Smokey, no borking. <laughs> I mean, he can if you want. Like every once in a while, you hear like a tag jingling in mine because my cat's like right by my face and like stretching or doing something. So it's not yeah. uncommon. <laughs> right now, he's just actually, buddy. What are you doing? Or are you? <laughs> he's defluffing a toy. That's what he's doing. Oh. He's like, I could play with this, Mom, but instead I want to systematically rip it apart and defluff it. Hold on. Sorry. Doggy. Doggy, what are you doing? (laughs) Yes. What are you doing? I'm sorry, guys. Smokey wants to be on the podcast, too. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what that was. What was that, buddy? Okay. Do you have something to say about vampires? He's like, no. Okay. May I continue? (laughs) Thank you, sir. It has been a good conversation. A cat is currently attacking my leg. A ton of a ton of animal attacks are happening. Greetings and welcome to Carpe Noctum, the podcast where we talk all things vampires. And today's episode will sort of delve a little a little bit away from vampires, but really they're they're what we're all about here. Um, so this is going to be the discussion about the television series that kind of came out during the height of popularity of Twilight. So we saw an emergence of vampire-related television shows, two of them being Vampire Diaries and True Blood. And with me today are two fans of these shows. So our Vampire Diaries fan is Yvette. Hello. And our True Blood fan is Jenny. Hello. And full disclosure, I haven't read or seen any Vampire Diaries, despite Netflix constantly pushing me to watch it. (laughs) And True Blood, I've only seen like five seasons. And then my favorite character officially, officially dies. So then I didn't care anymore. Um. (laughs) (laughs) At least you're honest. (laughs) Yes. I like the officially, officially died. Yeah, <laughs> it, it got weird. Mm-hmm. It gets complicated. I'm, I'm sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, like, didn't know how popular he would be, and then so they're like, okay, we'll bring him back in, like, a weird, ghosty way thing. And, like, with this kind of show, they sort of can get away with it. Um, yeah, so <laughs> not going to get too much into that. Uh, but I think first we're going to start with kind of a, a very brief kind of introduction to each series so that people can like, maybe they've watched both at the same time and they're having a hard time trying to separate the two because they're just like vampires, watch all of it. Which one's which? (laughs) Um, So Yvette, if you kind of want to give a brief description of like, or set up to vampire diaries. Sure. Uh, So the vampire diaries uh, follows a group of teenagers, mainly Elena Gilbert, um, who's 17, and there's a new guy who shows up at the high school who's named Stefan Salvatore, um, and he's gorgeous, and everyone's like, oh my god, he's so mysterious, and turns out he's a vampire, <laughs> and then he also has a brother, an older brother named Damon, who is evil, quote-unquote, and then there's all this other drama with other vampires that come in Namely, another female vampire that turned the brothers um, named Catherine Pierce. And then there's a lot of other stuff that happens over the series of like (laughs) seven seasons or so. 
but it's mainly about Steph and Elena Damon and their friend group. Nice. All right. And then Jenny, if you want to kind of give us a brief intro or yeah, intro to True Blood. So True Blood is based off the Sookie Stackhouse novels by Charlene Harris. Um, it centers around a girl named Sookie, of course, and she is a waitress in Louisiana in a small town. And one day, a very unique looking man enters um, Merlot's bar where she works and she finds him kind of intriguing simply because she cannot read his mind. Um, and you start to uncover in that first episode that she can actually hear people's thoughts. And that's what kind of creates her as um, more of an outcast. But, you know, by discovering who this person is, Bill Compton, who's actually a vampire, it kind of draws out into these fantastical stories, um, including so many different types of vampires um, and different characters. It, it gets really, really complicated, of course. <laughs> As television shows allow them to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so one huge coincidence slash similarity that I noticed when I was, you know, observing both of these shows was that they're both about a small town orphan girl who has a younger brother <laughs> and they're both living with like a female relative, either an aunt or a grandma. Yeah. <laughs> That's yep. mm -hmm. so strange that like, it's that specific how both of them. And then of course there's the love triangle of like two vampire men and like one quote, quote human girl, mm -hmm. um, which I mean, obviously the love triangle thing you can see kind of directly almost comes from twilight Although in this case, they decide just like make them both vampires. We're not going to put a werewolf in there um, like Twilight. But it's amazing the similarities between the two. Do you know when the books were released? Off the top of my head, I believe there's at least nine, maybe ten novels. It's been a while since I've read them. So I would assume it would have to be maybe like 1990s-ish or early 2000s. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I just looked up The Vampire Diaries 2, and that book series looks like it was also from the 90s. And it also, the TV show also came out in 2009. Okay. So again, very yeah. similar. <laughs> yeah. Timeline very, there. so similar. Okay, so the first one came out in 2001. Okay, yeah. About a decade apart, but still kind of around the same time. And then, of course, they were both picked up as TV series mm -hmm. around the time that the Twilight films started coming out. So mm -hmm. we had a huge surgence of vampire-related shenanigans to swallow up, but I didn't for some reason. <laughs> I don't know about... about true blood and i'm sure that there must be other things like i picked up immediately when you said um the mind reading thing i was like you mean like edward <laughs> um but there are in in the tv show vampire diaries there are quite a few moments where like uh, uh stefan's brother damon does not shy away from 
quoting like popular culture stuff because suddenly it's like vampires in the real world and he makes fun of like yeah we live in the real world where vampires like don't sparkle in the sun they burn like normal things (laughs) oh that's great self-aware yeah also makes a comment about how Anne rice had it right (laughs) (laughs) nice well that's that that makes it fun um (laughs) well despite all of these similarities um there are some differences big thing in true blood is that they're out of the coffin so everybody knows that vampires exist and now it's kind of the struggle of some of them trying to exist with humans you know harmoniously is that a thing in vampire diaries no not at all they're trying to blend in as much as they can (laughs) okay (laughs) Uh, yeah so that's definitely one big thing and like that also ties down into so true blood because you know they're out it's able to be more worldly obviously it kind of starts in bon Tom in you know small louisiana town kind of spreads out throughout you know the southeast of the u.s but vampire diaries focuses on just the small town that they live in um it for the first portion of it mainly stays in the town's called mystic falls i believe in the books it's called falls church um so it's mainly in uh, virginia but they do randomly go out as the series progresses to Louisiana, to Georgia, New York. Um, and they have people that come in from different places who've been like in Europe. The main portion of everything centers in Mystic Falls, Virginia. So because it's so worldly, I was wondering, Jenny, if you had kind of any thoughts of like how that plays into the story of True Blood and like how it Im- impacts things. I think that it makes a lot of people kind of more open to the idea of other possibilities. Um, And it also was kind of divisive um, among humanity. Um, You know, there were certain people who fell in love with vampires, wanted to be them, or, you know, like, I forget what the nickname was, but basically we're like a vampire fan club sort of people. Um, And then there was the opposite. Um, I believe it was Church of the Sun. And they were like, oh, hell no. Like, we don't want any of them vampires. Like, that ain't natural kind of stuff. And it's really, so we only really get to see the majority of this in the United States. Um, What's so interesting about it, though, is that True Blood was developed in Japan. So I kind of wish that we had seen a little bit more in other countries or maybe the characters had like visited even briefly, but we don't really get to see anything much past um, us in the book. Yeah. And then Yvette, because it's such a small town that the story kind of takes place. And does that affect the characters in the story in any sort of way? I think so. Since it follows Elena for so long and since they're also in high school, their worldview is much smaller. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of that sense of like um, being townies, like being really involved in all of the um, historical stuff that happens in the town. Um, And also you learn pretty early on that these two brothers grew up in Mystic Falls. So they also have really strong ties to the town. 
Yeah, I think it colors a lot of how they they handle situations and how they view the importance of just the the town itself. So they are from there, I'm assuming, like, because they're vampires and they live forever, like, they, like, traveled other places and then ended up coming back to Mystic Falls. Yeah, so they they turned into vampires in, like, 1864, and then they... They did leave Mystic Falls and they've been all over the place. Um, But one of them, Stefan, keeps coming back to Mystic Falls for different reasons. They still had human family that they were just, he was just kind of watching over. Um, So they would stop in the town every couple decades to not be discovered. (laughs) But there's always something that pulls them back and Damon kind of just follows his brother around trying to make his life miserable. (laughs) Um, But there's also some connection with um, Elena and who she is. And like, there's this whole other big mystical thing that has to do with her and why they're drawn together, Um, which is, I think, why he also keeps coming back. There might be some magical aspect to that. And that's similar to, so True Blood Tiny Town is called Bon Tomb and like the main vampire love interest is bill compton and he ends up in bon Tom because that's where he's from so that's another similarity despite it being a small town um they definitely explore the options of like you know vampires and other creatures coming from all over the world and jenny how do you think that kind of impacts it i think that it kind of shakes up the town. Um, The town's kind of used to doing their own thing. Obviously there's a lot of history. Many families kind of stay in the area. So there's a lot of um, generational and historical, um, you know, items and feelings that the town has. And when this comes out, you know, I, at least the impression that I get is a lot of the people in the town are kind of thinking like, you know, that's a big town sort of problem or like a big city sort of problem. Um, but when it starts to kind of slowly come their way, which is first noticed in the series by Bill Compton, you know, it's kind of this unusual thing because they don't really see vampires too often. And of course that changes <laughs> down the road. <laughs> but initially, you know, Bill is like, you know, they know what's up with him and they figure it out. Um, but they start kind of looking to Sookie, like, why are you bringing these types around our parts? You know, like, we're fine as we are. Touching on the bringing other things to their parts. So both shows do have, like, not just vampires, but other supernatural creatures. Um, I'm assuming both, you know, have your typical vampires, werewolves, witches, that sort of mm-hmm. thing, right? Mm-hmm. So what is, off the top of your head, if you can remember it, what do you think is, like, one of the strangest creatures? So there's one that I'm remembering, and I had to actually look it up just now. Um, her, She was a maenad. And I remember that she was really enticing... Um, to a lot of the characters on the show. I'm like having to jog my memory because it's been so long. The other thing I will say, at least I remember this one off the top of my head, uh, fairies. 
um, are a big part of Sookie Stackhouse's life and also this TV series, they come into play. And also in the books, um, there are a lot, there's a lot that I don't want to give away for people who haven't, you know, read the books or like seen the show, but the fairies are able to travel between, between realms and do things that ordinary people can't necessarily do, but they can also appear to humans. I, the first thing that came to mind, it's not exactly the, I, I'm, it's not the most interesting, I think, to me, but it is a little, it's, it's a little different, I guess. There, um, there is a hybrid. There's a werewolf-vampire hybrid. And I know, oh. Oh, and, and, like, this is kind of, sorry, this is kind of a spoiler, but at some point, not necessarily in this show, um, because it does have spinoffs, there is a tribrid, a witch, what? vampire, <laughs> werewolf. <laughs> but the hybrid is a big deal for, like, season two and kind of beyond. Um, so that's a pretty big deal. Um, and they're the only one of their kind, if I can remember correctly. Um, the other different kind of cool thing that doesn't show up until much later is a siren. Yeah. Ooh. Actually, now that I'm saying it, I actually, the hybrid is pretty cool. <laughs> it's unique yeah. for sure. But a siren, you know, that's interesting because, like, sirens are, like, things that, like, almost everybody mm -hmm. kind of knows about. Obviously, we relate them back to, like, mermaids, but you don't see them that much. Yeah, I I feel like I didn't expect it when it happened. But then I, you know, as soon as you start to pick up the clues, then you're just like, is this a siren? When's the last time I've seen anyone except for, like, Pirates of the Caribbean or something? Right? Yeah. We should do more sirens and supernatural yeah. shows. I do want to give a shout out to one of the strangest creatures that I encountered in True Blood was the were-panther. <laughs> it was like a werewolf, but they were panthers. Just, it was so bizarre. I was like, what, oh, what is this? Um... I believe there are different types of shapeshifters. So there's werewolves, but I think that they're actually like a shapeshifter. Oh, either way, my mouth okay. is hanging open in a big smile. <laughs> <laughs> but there is, um, if memory serves correctly, there is a town um, not far from Bon Temp where it is, I think it's like a multi-generational family um, and relatives that kind of keep to themselves. And somehow Sookie kind of like ends up upon it while she's there for a different reason. And I believe that is where the were panthers come in because they're not, you know, werewolves, so to speak, but they're actually like panthers. Oh. I have a very simple question for both of you. Does the main girl... Suki and and or Elena ever turn into a vampire? No. Yes. Oh. <laughs> there you have it, folks. No. You don't need to watch them. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, all right. That's, that's intriguing. Um, cause obviously I never finished True Blood and like, I totally thought that she would at some point. I thought so too, <laughs> but when the, the fairy, um, storyline and all of the little things that are involved with that come into play it starts to make a lot more sense that there's a lot more going on in the world that she's even aware of mm-hmm. okay. yeah um elena doesn't want to turn into a vampire for the longest time and stefan this is all so many spoilers <laughs> and 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 <laughs> stefan okay. is like constantly fighting tooth and nail to make sure that she lives her life as she wants to as a human and then an accident happens in vampire diaries the way that you become a vampire you have to die with vampire blood in your system um and so she dies and someone had given her vampire blood to heal her but the for some other thing that happened because she's constantly in trouble Um, and nobody knew that until after she had been in this accident and they had her in the hospital. And then this doctor that they knew that uses, secretly uses vampire blood to heal some people tells one of the other characters, like, you don't get it. She, she had vampire blood in her system and everyone's like, oh crap, because now it's like her worst nightmare. Which is pretty sad. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, that's actually really tragic. Especially if she was adamant that she didn't want that. Yeah. Um, Don't worry. They find a way. (laughs) And she's no longer a vampire. What? Yeah. Um, Okay, how does that work? um, So there's a cure. Um, There is one cure in existence. And... um, Lots of people want it. I'm a little blurry on all the details. They lose the cure at one point. Then through some magic, quite literal magic, they end up in a different timeline where the cure is still existent. (laughs) And they acquire it again. She, well, someone else takes it, but then you can take it from their blood so that they gave it to her. But then she ends up in a coma. And her life is tied to one of her friends. Uh, who's a witch. (laughs) And so as long as her friend is alive, she is in this deep coma with the cure in her veins. Um, But then they figure it out eventually in the end. And her friend is such a powerful witch that she figures out a way to break that curse. And her friend wakes up and everyone's happy. That's a lot. Yeah, I think this was a <laughs> this was a way for I think Nina Dobrev who played Elena. Um, there came a point where she was like, "I know I'm technically the main character, but I I think I need to leave. This I think is my time on the show." And they yeah. were like, "Okay, well, let's figure out a way to do that." And then she came back for the very end. That's an interesting way to do that. Besides just kill them off oh they killed off a lot of people but yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) well that's interesting all right so we covered how vampire diaries changes people into vampires jenny do you want to cover how true blood does the turning into vampires so in true blood it's actually pretty traditional um in that 
the vampire has to drain the victim of most, if not all, of their blood. I don't believe they have to give their blood to the victim, though. Um, and I do know that in the series and the books that vampire blood has magical properties. Uh, so it can assist with healing, but people also use it to get high and to get kind of like buzzed or euphoric. Oh. Um, it kind of enables them to see things in a way that they normally wouldn't see. So sometimes, you know, vampires get kidnapped because people want their blood for that reason, because they want to get high. Wow. I thought that was kind of an interesting thing, because I had never seen that in another um, series. Yeah. Usually the, it's the humans who are so susceptible to <laughs> being kidnapped and taken by the vampires. But in this case, they're the vampires are the ones that are sometimes have to look out for themselves. Exactly. And usually the humans are the ones that have to be more careful, but also because vampires are now out, you know, there are rules and regulations that they have to abide by. They don't get to just run freely all willy nilly. Mm -hmm. um, and murder anybody. <laughs> exactly. And, and if they do, um, I think each local kind of district has like their own vampire council so to speak mm -hmm. or kind of like the person in charge of the area and so if you go out of line even if it's not like through official methods you will be put back into place by that council or whoever is stationed in charge of the area that you're in because the peace between humans and vampires is so kind of wavy it's on thin ice at all times because people are afraid of vampires and vampires want to go back out in public. So it's like you, they kind of have to find ways to coexist. Wow. That is fascinating. Like you get so many other things once you open up the universe of, yeah, they're real. Yeah. It's like a whole different mm -hmm. political ball game. Mm -hmm. It's totally different in vampire diaries. It's kind of a free for all because they have no one to answer to. Um, yeah. And they also, I, I also don't know if True Blood has, if the vampires there have any extra abilities, like you mentioned, the blood has some magical properties to it too. But like um, in Vampire Diaries, they can compel people. So they can just like stare into someone's eyes, do this like <laughs> pupil dilating thing essentially, and tell them what they want them to think now. That, I mean, that can be good, but if there's someone running amok and, like, killing everybody, but trying to conceal it, then that's very dangerous. They have that in True Blood, too. It's, they call it a glamour. Yeah, and I know that one of the characters, Jessica, is really well um, versed in that. And she, that kind of, like, becomes, or becomes her main wheelhouse. You know, vampires do have, they're stronger um, obviously have better night vision. So the typical things that you would see um, from your traditional vampires, um, enhanced healing for sure. So if they get injured, they're able to heal more quickly. Um, they can and heal others. Mm -hmm. Yes, with their blood. Um, they can fly, maybe voice mimicking, but I don't remember if that was all of them or just like a few that do it. I feel like there's a big part of the older you are, the more powers you have. And I or think, maybe just more aware. I think a lot of it's like practice too. So I think you're mm -hmm. right. Like as they age, 
um, they can hone in more on kind of what their specialties are. They probably all have those abilities, but it's just like, you know, us as humans, we all have the ability to be super smart and to do all these things, but, you know, some of us tap into it better than others. And I think that they are the same way with their powers. Yeah. So what kind of traits do the vampire diary vampires have? Is it all just your typical vampire stuff or is there anything sort of unusual or special? Um, they, they run really fast. They kind of do that Edward Zippy thing. <laughs> where you just hear the little whoosh and they just kind of like whoosh, take off i heard it in my mind and i set it up yep. <laughs> um so they're they do that they do have um strength i was actually talking about this um just the other day about like sometimes i mean if the older you are then yes the stronger you are um typically i think if oh no i just thought of something else but that's a, that's a little different um so yeah, they're stronger if they're older. Um, they do the running fast thing. We did see at one point, Stefan did do like sort of a flying thing. Like he levitated up to like a Ferris wheel holding Elena up, but you never see them like take off and fly. Um, and then they do the compulsion thing to convince people of things. Yeah, other than that, they seem pretty normal. Like they don't have anything, anything different about them physically that you, you could look at them and say, oh, that's a human. Um, and they also, they've figured out a way around burning in the sun. So all of them wear um, a piece of jewelry that has had like a, an enchantment done by a witch. So as long as they're wearing the thing, yeah. they don't burn in the sun. So most of them have like a ring. Um, I know... One of them has a bracelet, someone has a necklace, um, but as long as it's on them, they can just walk around like normal. But not everyone has access oh. to that. And then as far as like strength, yeah, the older you are, the stronger you are. But there's also hints that if you just turned into a vampire, um, oh, there's a period there too. Um, when you have, you die with the vampire blood in your system, you wake back up. You're now a vampire, but you have like a 24 hour period in which you have to feed on human blood, finish the transformation. And if you don't, then you just die. Um, so you have like a choice if you know what's happening. Um, but then if you don't have somebody who gives you an enchanted like piece of jewelry or something that you have on you all the time, then you don't have that access to just walk around in the sun. But if you do, then you just look like a normal human being. And as long as you can control your bloodlust, you can pretty much just seem normal. <laughs> they do have weakness. They are affected by vervain, kind of plant. It is, I don't remember if vervain itself is actually real um, or if there's like a version of this plant that is real. But it's kind of like what, some lore in werewolves call like wolfsbane how it it like uh, makes them weaker and things like that vervain does that to these vampires so if they get like injected with it or they touch it it burns their skin um if they inject it they'll like pass out it hurts them and it like burns from the inside while they have it near them in true blood that's similar to silver for them yes and that's also one of the ways that um, people can 
kind of trap or hold a vampire if they just want to get their blood or kill them. More obvious than a plant, but a plant seems weird. Yeah. <laughs> but interesting. <laughs> but there's like, you know, wooden stakes and things. Um, yeah. Your through the vampire. heart, yeah. Or like, in this case, some people have wised up in the town and they have like wooden bullets. They don't splinter. <laughs> Sometimes they complain about that. Like if someone broke something and, you know, staked them with it, then later someone pulls it out yeah. and they're just like, wait, I think there's still a splinter. Please get it out. <laughs> <laughs> One big thing that's in True Blood is the whole you have to be invited into the house to the point where it like it almost seems like it's making fun of it at one point because at one point like a house changes ownership and it's all because of whose name is on the piece of paper of who yeah. controls <laughs> who gets invited into the house. But like one of the stupidest things is that you can unsend your invitation while the vampire is oh, yeah. in the house. And they will like fly backwards like out of the house. <laughs> but the thing is, the vampires can use their glamour ability and they can use that to be invited in or to stay in once they're in. Some ways around that. <laughs> yeah, but it, like... but it is kind of silly. It's like you have to be invited in. Wait, I'll just glamour you so that I can be invited in. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, that's the same in Vampire Diaries. It is the exact same. I'm pretty sure that that um, uninvited thing has also happened, where someone's just like, you know what, you're no longer welcome here. Actually, no, I could be wrong, because I think there are many times where they're just like, damn it, we've already invited this person in. This house is no longer safe. Uh, um, so they have to find a new house? Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. House. Now, now, now we gotta go like wait oh and it has to be a human who owns the house so then you're just like okay now we gotta take refuge in this person's house um there was a plot point near the end where someone who was like really bad at the time because they had they, their humanity was off um so then they like compelled a realtor to switch the deed to their name so they could enter this house um to like do something really bad and i was like i mean it is smart. i was like damn you're you're really evil right now and that's incredibly smart like if i wasn't so upset that you were so mean right now that's really cool um the only way around that though is if that's another loophole with the vervain the people who've wised up to like vampires being around in the town um will drink vervain tea or like put it in their drinks or they'll wear it. And as long as you have that on you as a human, they can't do the compulsion glamour on you. Oh, so some people, yeah. like, don't tell their children about, like, vampires being a thing. Because they're never sure if, like, they're back in town unless they start seeing a lot of, a, like, animal attacks, quote unquote. And then they'll just, like, slip vervain into their children's food and, like, drinks. So they just don't know. Yeah. So the town is aware. It's kind of like... That small town, like, oh, they're yeah, back Yeah, there's, again. like, a, the, the council, which is built up of, like, a lot of old families, the original families of the town. Um, because, you know, people don't leave <laughs> sometimes. So then you have yeah. this, like, secret council that, like, once you're in the council, then you're given the, like, vampire talk, I guess. <laughs> they're real. They're <laughs> out there. This is why we have a secret stash of Vervain. Just the image of parents, like, slipping something into their kids' teeth, right. kind of. It's great. <laughs> it's great. Don't worry, it's for the vampires. Yeah. Talk <laughs> yes. about consent. Consent is a weird thing in this universe. Speaking of consent, 
all of these stem off of the romance with vampires and that's kind of what compels people to sort of you know like twilight like true blood like vampire diaries almost initially it seems so i want to kind of get into how the main girl attracted to vampires in their lives lucky attracted to whoever she's attracted to i feel like she gets attracted to a lot of people she is attracted to a lot of people um but i will start with the the vampires um for bill it was i think it just started out more as like a curiosity and the fact that she couldn't read his mind but she could read everybody else's and it was refreshing to encounter somebody where she didn't have to hear horrible thoughts or you know deal with all that extra baggage for one reason or another um bill and Sookie are no longer a thing and she falls in love with a vampire named eric although originally when she meets him she hates him and thinks he's arrogant and stands up to him which is kind of dangerous to do um because eric was kind of the of this vampire council in the area and you know bill was kind of underneath him but over time they keep meeting in different ways and it turns into this almost this like hate love love hate type relationship until one day eric um loses his memory and sookie thinks it's some pathetic ploy Um, you know, to get something that he wants to be narcissistic, but he legitimately loses his memory and he starts, you know, actually being kind and gentle and, you know, being more human almost, or just more vulnerable. And so she falls in love with that Eric. And even once his memories return, she still kind of loves him. Um, but of course that one doesn't last either because she gets, um, really close to the vampire, uh, another vampire. She gets really close with a werewolf. Um, she gets really close with a lot of people. <laughs> Necessarily like always full romantic, like deep relationships, but they're definitely at least flings. For Elena, how was... Is- what is her attraction to her vampires? <laughs> um, it is very similar to Twilight, where there's that high school teen meets new person at the high school. There's just something intriguing about the guy. Um, so she sees Stefan and she, they bump into each other in the hall and it's just, oh, he's interesting. He's different and start seeing them around um, just talking to each other. And Stefan has his own thing where... Um, <laughs> Alan looks exactly like Catherine, who turned him and Damon back in the 1800s. So that's what draws him to her. Um, And he wants to get to know her. So then she's just like, oh, he's just a regular guy (laughs) who I find interesting and attractive. Of course, later you find out that, you know, he's a vampire. But for the most part, it was just a genuine, like, sweet connection that they make um, because... Stefan also figures out that she's very different from Catherine. Um, I think he also was wondering, like, is it Catherine? Because they haven't seen her in a couple hundred years or something. Um, But then he's like, no, this is someone who just looks exactly like her. And um, so they just get really close. 
um, eventually they break, they break up. Um, and Damon, his older brother is always around. He starts off again, very snarky, very mean. He, um, is definitely the bad boy vampire. Um, he often has the vampires in this world can turn their humanity on and off at will so that they don't feel like a sense of guilt as like humans, all the really bad stuff that they do. Hmm. Um, Stefan very adamantly keeps his on because he appreciates life. Um, feelings, feelings and things. Damon sometimes turns it off, sometimes has it back on. Um, Elena really dislikes him, absolutely hates him in the beginning. And over time through things that happen, they become a, a little closer and then she doesn't want to admit it, but then they're attracted to each other. Um, and he ends up being the love of her life. She doesn't really have many others. She has like the big romance with Stefan. They kind of like move past that. And there's some stuff like I mentioned that their their attraction to each other could be mystical because it turns out that she is a doppelganger uh, of Catherine's. And there's a whole line of doppelgangers, but it's a whole connection with like <laughs> the original versions of who Stefan and Elena are we're destined to be together and there's this whole curse thing that like through the generations they keep finding each other but once they figure that out they realize that they just really love each other as like friends and almost family that they've become and they move on with their romance lives so then she's free to just be with Damon and they they're the only people that are in each other's lives after that their yeah. humanity on and off. Is, uh, <laughs> it's fascinating because you see multiple people um, do that because a couple of people start off as humans and turn into vampires throughout the series. Um, and you see almost every vampire turn their humanity off at some point for different reasons, including Elena. Um, and how like the reasons vary for what it for why they turn it on and off. Um and the way that they handle having it off is also pretty interesting. And then they have to, you know, everyone has to figure out a way to make them want to turn it back on, which is hard because once they turn it back on, they have to really reckon with everything that they did while it was off. So it's not just a while it's on type of thing. It's just everything yeah, that has happened. It's, that's why I mean, they're basically like normal humans, um, except that they can turn off that like guilt and that kind of like natural human overlay. Um, and often when they have it off, they're like the snarkiest, meanest version of themselves and kind of apathetic. Um, so then yeah. it's hard to convince them to even want to turn it back on because they know that once they turn it back on, they're going to feel all of that remorse and have to really deal with the consequences of everything that they've caused if they've done horrible things while it was off this is about vampires the one kind of defining trait about vampires is that they need blood to live um, but obviously the names in the title um specifically is true blood jenny so it is a synthetic blood substitute that was developed by japanese scientists they don't go too much into it um i know that some vampires claim to solely live off true blood but the real majority actually prefer human blood um it just tastes 
more rich um, and better to them in general. But True Blood is not a bad substitute, and it is what they claim allows them to peacefully coexist with humans, um, you know, because there is no longer that reliance on that, um, you know, hunter-prey type mentality, even though it's very much still there. For Vampire Diaries, by being able to turn off your humanity, I'm assuming, like, part of that is doing what they have to do in order to get uh, sometimes blood. it's just because they want to avoid something in their closer to human life um but um there are a lot of vampires who go out and just hunt people um i know sometimes they've used animal blood but for the most part um the people who the vampires who don't have their humanity off will resort to blood bags from like the hospital <laughs> So they'll just they'll just raid the <laughs> the donated blood, the yeah. vampire Capri Suns. I think I'm sure there are plenty of images where they're just like stick a straw in it. <laughs> yeah, they'll just raid the hospital, which is pretty sad. <laughs> but like the telltale sign that the vampires are back. It's like oh, yeah, the blood supply the is low, gone again. and that's you know sheriff gets involved or something. They're just like, damn it, something's happening. Or you have the, all the rogue people from out of town, the people who don't know how to you know, keep it a secret and suddenly people disappear in like the woods in the outskirts of town or in both series, none of them can like consume human food or anything like that, right? See them eat, they drink a lot. They drink all the time. Oh. And I think Stefan when one of them turns into a vampire, he explains that they they drink a lot of hard liquor, <laughs> a lot of bourbon, a lot of whiskey. Um and I think he mentions that like it warms up their body like what it would normally do to a human body so then it's like it helps us to just kind of like seem more normal by by keeping you warm in some capacity um they do eat food but he also mentions like it doesn't taste good but they're super used like they're so used to it um from like not long ago having been just humans they're with another human friend or whatever and like i have an image of like Damon making pancakes for like their witch friend who's human but you know a witch but he like makes his own pancakes and sits down to eat with her um so they do it even though they don't have to but they do say that it tastes disgusting <laughs> but they, I know they're just kind of like Sounds used so to stupid. it I guess and they're like ah, it's <laughs> gross but like we eat it but they definitely drink like crazy <laughs> Yeah, they, oh, they're geez. constantly drinking. It's like watching mm-hmm. Mad Men and like counting how many times they drink, but it's always like <laughs> staring into the fireplace moodily and drinking your bourbon. On True Blood, the vampires cannot eat or drink um, the food that we do. Um, I actually remember there was a scene where Jessica um, is explaining to Holt how disgusting she feels to be around human food like it actually makes her feel like she wants to throw up um it's just it's so revolting to them that they just can't um i don't remember what exactly happens if they were to ingest it i'm sure that they would get pretty sick yeah i don't think i've ever seen them i think just because it's so gross so like i'm not even gonna yeah 
accidentally do this or anything. Yeah, it's just, like, something that they would just not do. It's funny, because, like, when Sookie meets Bill for the first time, it's because he walks into her bar where, like, you know, everybody around him is eating. I know. And I'm like, wouldn't that be, like, in his shoes, I would think, oh, my God, it smells terrible in here. Like, maybe he was just legitimately willing to put up with the thought of being around this gross nasty food just to kind of like see what's out in his hometown no if i were him i couldn't do it i i yeah right yeah, i can do it i guess because it's such a small town that's <laughs> that was the happening place it's like a tiny bar it's pretty much that it's like well people watching in the smelly place yeah, San Francisco. <laughs> what? No, I mean, what? totally not. What? Oh, sorry, San Francisco. Oh, I bet it's so much easier because they are out, you know, at, like Charlotte, you put it out of the coffin. People know that they're vampires, so they could just be like, yeah, I don't yeah. eat. <laughs> Definitely easier to get away with the, I, well, I don't eat. I do believe that they can go to, like, human-run establishments and order true blood. Like, a lot of... It's, like, pre-bottled, so they could order it mm. if it's on the menu. That's one funny thing, is that, like, so when they order... So it's kept, like, refrigerated, because, mm-hmm. you know, like, blood, you would, like, whatever plasma substitute <laughs> they have in it obviously would need to be refrigerated. But then when they, like, whoever's serving it to them has to warm it up right. to, like, human body temperature. And, like, I just... Every time they say that, like, oh, it's warm... Or like whatever. I always just have the image of like the waitress in the back with like the thermometer stuck into the true blood, like waiting, heating it up in the microwave in like fifteen second spurts until it's like you know ninety eight point six degrees. I would just like, be that's like, a lot of work. "Sorry, microwaves out. You get an ice blood." <laughs> or like in the summer, Diana, super swampy and humid and maybe it's you want too it bougie to have it iced maybe right <laughs> i guess one thing i want to mention because obviously vampire diaries they're they're all hidden but for true blood they are out so there is like now there's establishments geared specifically towards vampires being out and there's even a whole hotel in dallas that's geared towards brooming vampires which i think is interesting do you remember the like specifics that the hotel went through jenny oh gosh i actually do not remember the specifics but (laughs) i do know that there were a lot of establishments that popped up after that announcement and it was particularly either to draw in vampires or the humans that were obsessed with them planning for this i watched season two again Uh or just the first half of season two because that's like the only part that i like because my favorite character is in it (laughs) actually my three favorite characters are in season two but so the hotel they i mean of course everything in the hotel motif (laughs) is like black and red as you know the trademark vampire colors um sunproofed rooms um which some with beds some with coffins or space for coffins or something like that. Um, and then they had like a mini bar full of true bloods, which I thought was regular sized true bloods. They weren't like little mini bottles, which I think would have been funnier. I think the main thing was they had like the lobby where, or you could hire a human who worked for the hotel 
to be like oh, to be food. like your blood your blood bag essentially mm -hmm. yeah, yeah essentially mm -hmm. yeah instead of that's another way to get around it in vampire diaries yeah. if you could you could either tell someone and they could volunteer if they know who you are or people would compel people to still keep that anonymity and then give them a little bit of blood back just to be like oh look you healed <laughs> nothing happened here if I had to speak on True Blood, I would say that the first season did a real justice to the first book, and I kind of liked some of the characters that the show decided to add, or in some cases keep in rather than kill off right away. But looking back on it, later seasons of the show got so kind of outrageous and fantastical. I mean, I couldn't <laughs> stop watching it. Like, I was still addicted to it and glued to it. I was ticked off, though, because it just felt so excessive um, that, you know, near the end, I almost preferred the books again rather than the show. But I did appreciate that they added Jessica as a character because she's not in the books, and I thought she was a oh. really good addition. And in the books, Lafayette is killed off very quickly and he was one of my favorite characters he's yeah he's one of my yes. favorites for sure and he does not make it that long in the books and on the show they give him so much and it is such a breath of fresh air yeah i would like to special mention like that actor did a really good job in portraying like a lot of deep emotional things oh yeah um and yeah, so I'm greatly happy that he stayed in for as long as he did. A lot of the storylines, especially as the seasons progress, um, I think they, they went really high in like the first two seasons, especially season two with like who their villain was or their like group of villains were um, with like bringing in original vampires. Um, and then from there, you're like, how are they going to keep going? And somehow they do. <laughs> So a lot of storylines in the middle, you're just like, why? But of course, you're stuck and you're just like, I need to see this through. Um, but I think overall, I really enjoy the people that they brought in. Um, I didn't have a huge problem with like, oh, they got rid of this character or whatever. Um, no matter how crazy the storylines were, a lot of the main bunch, how their storylines progressed and how their characters, like the, the character arcs that they went through. Um, the changes that they all went through. Um, and by the end of it, even though there were so many weird storylines, crazy plot lines and, you know, connections here and there and everyone's sleeping with everyone at one point. Um, by the end, it felt like they did a really good job of wrapping everything up. That last season had a lot of callbacks to the first season. Um, details that if you were there for the whole thing, you're like, oh, okay. Oh, that's cute. Um, and it felt almost peaceful at the end, which, um, when something goes on for so long, sometimes you're like, oh God, how is this going to end? Um, and so I feel like the entire journey was worth it because they did wrap it all up nicely. If you're into that kind of ending, you know, it wasn't all super happy, but it did feel like a payoff in the end it was satisfying so even though the entire journey at some point like around season four or five you're just like this is lame why why are you fighting this person can we please move on to the next one um <laughs> by the end you're just kind of like oh okay they took care i think with the details 
so I did enjoy that. <laughs> Good. That's always a plus for a series that goes on for what seven, yeah, six, seven seasons. It's nice to know that there's it does pay off and it comes mm-hmm. to a satisfying end. When I look back at the ending of the show for True Blood, you know, although it was satisfying for the character, it was sooky. It was very dissatisfying Mm -hmm. for a lot of people, myself included, because they, they put this character through all of these, like, fantastic adventures with all these different people from walks of life. And at the end, she kind of ends up back where she started, where she realizes that she doesn't want to deal with anybody with, you know, supernatural powers and whatnot. You know, she just kind of wants to be her and Mm. um, be normal. She says throughout the whole thing, though. (laughs) I thought that, you know, because of how close she had bonds with some of these people, I thought that, you know, she would still try to be as normal as possible but find a way to even if she wasn't romantically involved you know to still be very much a part and it seems like she kind of just draws away i can see how that that can be very like oh okay like how you said that there was almost like a a, like a sadness or dissatisfaction yeah and it was more i felt like on the viewers end Mm -hmm. for the character it makes sense but it's just like they did all of this building up and all of these close relationships and it didn't actually pay off in the end f- for mm. her because she, she didn't end up with any of them. Or maybe that's what she needed to realize that she didn't need. <laughs> that was she, the, she the journey led there. <laughs> yeah. She's like, <laughs> she's like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> all of that just to figure out like, nope, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, because mm-hmm. sometimes, I mean, sometimes that's what you need. Seeing how similar, like, looking at it, how similar these two shows are, but also just how vastly different they are. It's, you know, we're all, it's all working with, like, almost the same sort of key ingredients, vampires, other supernatural beings, small town, uh, one, you know, main girl, and a bunch of love interests but like it you know it does branch off to its own thing so that each brings something each to the vampire lore and you know they create some of their own they use they adapt some of the ones that we're all familiar with um and I think that's you know one of the important things that <laughs> we all like to make fun of Twilight myself included but you definitely have to admit that with the popularity of Twilight, it definitely allowed for both of these shows to, you know, come to television and have such such a long running time in our lives and actually, you know, come to an end, you know, wasn't just canceled because people lost interest. Like people were interested mm-hmm. up until, you know, the story concluded. So <laughs> yeah. that's something to be thankful for these days (laughs) Um, I definitely appreciate more vampire things and (laughs) these were two of them (laughs) I I appreciate vampire things too (laughs) 
<laughs> but I know more about both of them. I definitely might make the push to finish True Blood. And I definitely do want to read both of them for sure. I think I have the books if you end up wanting to borrow them. Um, I think I actually mm-hmm. got Charlene. I have a picture with me and Charlene at um, one of the San Diego Comic Cons back in the day, and I got her to sign one of my books. I went through that line <laughs> multiple times in that raffle, and I'm like, she's going to sign my book. She's going to sign my book. And each time was no. <laughs> and I was with um, a little girl at the time I was babysitting, and her family wanted me to take her to San Diego Comic Con because it was Children's Day. And she's like, "Can I help you?" I'm like, "Absolutely." And she's like, "I got, I got one." I'm like, "Awesome!" <laughs> oh, That's great. It's like success. Child labor. Exactly. <laughs> read, them all. read books about vampires. <laughs> And there are tons in so each many. genre. <laughs> like there are like thirteen Vampire Diaries books. There are how yes. many Suki Stackhouse books? Thirteen. Um, <laughs> and I have all of them. Still. <laughs> Thank both of you for being on here and informing me and all listeners on True Blood and Vampire Diaries. And hopefully it encourages people to go read the books or reread the books or watch the shows or rewatch the shows. It has been a hot while since these shows, you know, were airing. So, but they can be found. Vampire Diaries is on Netflix. True Blood is on HBO. Um, We're all, (laughs) uh, you know, Netflix vampires, HBO vampires, borrowing from somebody's account. So... (laughs) There's ways to find out and watch these things. Um, well, for listening, I am Charlotte. You can find me on Instagram at, at Evil Queen Charlotte. That is where I'll post updates to this podcast. And, um, or you can just remember that it comes out every Tuesdays and Thursdays at sundown for the month of October. So, yes, it is the final week of the podcast. Um, my guests have been... Our Vampire Diaries fan, Yvette, at Ivy Dell. Instagram as other guests. My True Blood fan was Jenny, who is also on the Instagram at Aquacat Cos. Or Aquacat C O S, more specifically. <laughs> Both of you, it has been great. Yay, um, happy Halloween. Happy, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Don't let the vampires <laughs> bite unless that's what you want. No judgment. Unless you want to be. No judgment. Yep. (laughs)